What is up, everyone? We got an amazing Jeffers in the Rough episode for you tonight. We have, as usual, Mr. IT support himself, Josh the Man Winters. We got the absolute worst in Cody Waldron. And I can continue to say that because as our fans, you don't know what it come what you're talking about when it comes to the worst and Cody. So I'm just going to leave that out there. I'll draw the people a little bit have of a spoken. bridge. You are the worst. And of course, your lovely host, the one you tune into weekly to hear, the the <laughs> muse of the Argyle page. So I'm definitely excited to be here, guys. I think you just like hearing yourself like talk. But sure. Oh, I love hearing myself much, talk. That's no. pretty much why we do these. Is so is this for me? It's just an ego boost. Yeah, it's an ego boost for Paige, so we can have the release. We have like I was like, let's do a, a release. podcast. Release. I was like, you know, I should do a podcast with my two biggest fans. That way, like, it <laughs> and they and they didn't want to do me. it, so that you picked us up. <laughs> so we did want to talk about a couple things tonight with you all, but really, just wanted to start by saying what's up. Thank you for tuning in. Um, definitely encourage participation. So if you guys want to write in some of your own answers to our questions that we're going to be talking about tonight. That'll be great. We'll do our best to highlight them um, and give you guys a shout out and our thoughts on it. But really, I just want to kind of dive in. I think um, for me, there's been a lot of conversation going around game and game development and um, I guess leveling up in this thing, right? The sport. So for me, I'm as always, it seems like I'm at another freaking brick wall, but a lot of people around me are at a very not similar wall, just different walls. And we're all continuing to be walled in into this game. And so I wanted to uh, kind of shed some light into like some of the the mentality of it. Right. I wanted to ask you as our listeners, but also Cody and Josh about their game and what makes them unique. You don't care what we think. You know that you (laughs) could care less what we say. There There it is. Yeah, just interrupt us. Just let us start talking just so you can interrupt and say your piece. Go on, Cody. How do you define your game? Well, um, my game, uh, I'm a forehand dominant mid-range thrower. Unique New York. I like that. Um, I, I Most of the courses around me are short, technical, wooded courses, and um, I can – I can max out around like 400, a little over 400 feet. Um, but most of the, like I went and I went and played recently and a little 18 hole course, you might need one fairway and one distance driver that you use for like three holes. Uh, most of the time my bag's filled with a bunch of mids. So I would say um, scrappy, 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 scrappy. I, I'm very good at uh, forehands and like upshots. My putting, eh, let's not talk about that. But I can forehand pretty accurately. And that's from playing ultimate disc golf for a while. So I have a pretty decent forehand from that. Okay. And mentally, yeah. I, I have a good time. I, uh, I'm very competitive, but at the same time, I have, I can have fun if I'm shooting plus 20 or minus 20. So. I try and I try and make it fun because I realize even the worst day on a disc golf course is better than the best day at work. So first cliche of the night. Hey, <laughs> let's keep track. Let's keep track, but guys. That's one. 
but it's true, man. If 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 you change your mentality where you realize that it is a game, and there's just children, random children popping up on my screen all night. So I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, son, we can see you. Move along, boy. Um, move along, boy. <laughs> cliche number two. Move along. Go on now, boy. Get out of here. Um, but if you if you can change the aspect, and I teach this to my kids at school, like it's a game. It is a game. Whatever we do, it doesn't matter if you're the best or the worst. Are you having fun doing it? Are you being active while you're doing it? And um, you know, it's challenge yourself. If I got a plus fifteen last time, can I get a, a plus thirteen next time? How can I make minor improvements that will lead to lasting change? And I, and and I also understand mental blocks as well, where I've had that, you know, where even I get into a funk and it's just like, is this even fun anymore? Yeah, no, definitely. And I mean, it's not necessarily like some of that. And like I said, like I just wanted to like pick apart your game. And like how you how you vision yourself, because I feel like when we start to look at these things, we have the vision of ourselves, but a lot of times that's not relayed or like portrayed out there, right? Like you don't have like, oh hey, Cody, when I think about you the way you golf, I think you're a forehand mid range dominant player. That blah blah blah, right? Like I don't I don't think those things, and I think it's important is that that whole idea of like, you know, as you see it, whether right or wrong, good or bad, like this is how you see the game and how you approach it. Um, and just kind of breathe into that. So Josh, what are, how do you, how do you view your game? You want me to, to like define my game? I want you to define I, your I feel game. like the Absolutely. question was really open-ended and I didn't know what to do. I just started going off. Define my game. Define your okay. game. I mean, I don't, I don't know how I would define it. Like I am only competitive uh, against my close friends and brother. Worse enemies. Um, other than that, like I give two shits how I do um, when I play with people. Like I want to see other people do good. I want to cheer on people when they do great shots. Like I, I play disc golf for one reason and one reason only, and that's to like have something that it's the feeling that disc golf gives me when I'm playing and throwing and like focusing on what strategy I'm gonna take. It's like a whole other world. And it's it's therapy. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's it's therapy to me. Um, and so I'm not trying to go out and be a professional disc golfer. But what I am trying to do is, you know, improve myself at a at a pace that I feel good about, um, and then meet new people. Like I love meeting new people in tournaments. It's the main reason why I play. And I, I don't do well in tournaments most of the time. Uh, but I meet a lot of really, really cool humans. Um, and with that said, like a big driving factor that keeps me going um, and keeps me busy is trying to find ways to grow this sport because how much it's helped me, especially through the last few years, you know, giving the gift of learning what disc golf can do for you physically and mentally um, is something that I'm trying to spread um, as much as I can. Um, and so, you know, just working towards the growth of disc golf is kind of what defines what I do in my game itself. I know one thing for sure, don't mean to toot my own horn, but I am a fun person to play with on a card. I'll tell you that right now. I'm very fun. Have you ever played with him, Paige? Is this true? Paige, Paige, Paige is serious him. when he plays. He won't, I'm not allowed <laughs> to talk to Paige unless talk, spoken to. 
That's his rule. He's like, you don't speak unless spoken to. And when when you speak, you better have my opinions and my opinions only. He has a little stick with my name on it that he keeps in his bag. If I go out of turn, I get swapped. Oh, I thought it was like a talking stick. He had to hand it to me. You may talk now. I have the talking stick. Facebook oh, user Paige is like not me. fun to play with. I don't know who you are, but he is definitely. I've never played with him. But from what Josh says, this sounds terrible. Oh, that doesn't sound like me at all. But no, and I think you you bring up a lot of good points too, and you know, approaching it from that very casual aspect of it, and you know, when you battle your frustrations, I think sometimes it's you breaking away from the way in which you define your game because you're trying to be something that you're potentially not right. Um, and what I mean by that is like. Cause I'm similar, similar, like casually, I don't take it serious at all. Like I don't, I don't, I miss a putt. I don't care because I'm not trying to make this putt now. I want to make this putt this weekend when it matters. Um, so it's just like, okay, cool. My inside circle one's missing. So I'm going to come home and I'm putt practice and I'm going to be intentional with how I approach it. Um, when I get mad and frustrated on the course, it's when I try to take my practice round too seriously because, you know, buddy a just showed up and he's like, Boom, you disc. What's your you disc page? Let's play. Mm. Oh, I'm gonna beat you. And it's just like, oh, you already took me out of my like what I'm here to do, which is practice. Um, and you change that. And I think when you talk about like some of that casually, like I love like when we've we've met up a few times and I I, I talked with you about like three years ago, our first meeting and you know, us walking and all of the conversation that came from that. I can't tell you the shots that we threw, the shapes that we threw, the the score that it was. But what I can tell you is that conversation has led to pretty much everything that's unfolded since then. Um, and I know I have similar conversations with like Colin Hayden whenever we're cruising, like we drove down to San Diego and there was a lot of growth conversations that I'm looking forward to it bearing fruit in two to three years. Um, and, and seeing that and like, you know, cause so I, I think about these things a lot and, the idea of definition is important to me. So, you know, last week I talked about my wrestling coach. So my wrestling coach uh, one time pulled me and my brother aside and he had this, you know, downstairs was the, the wrestling room and he had his office and we're sitting in his office um, after a practice, dripping with sweat, taking our shoes off, getting dressed, all that stuff, having a conversation with them. And he, you know, he kind of sometimes plays gotcha, right? Like, Oh, I'm going to get you. And then I'm gonna make a point. And so out of the blue, he was like, Paige, Josh, what do you mean? What does it mean to be a, my brother's name's Josh, but what does it mean to be a man? Um, and like I said, like that's a little gotcha. Cause like we're dressed, exhausted. We hadn't even thought about that. And he Were asked you wearing me, a like, shirt? Was I wearing a shirt? Yeah. I was just making sure. Like, I, was... <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> but what's, no, it, like... what's it like to be a man? <laughs> and he, and he asked me that. And uh, in that conversation, um, we, that little bit of pause is all he needed to be like, to make his point, which is, how do you ever expect to be a man if you can't define it? And that's something that's kind of stuck with me and I've learned to apply it elsewhere. So for me, I took it further because I'm more than just a man, right? I am a native first and foremost. I'm a native American man. And what does that mean? And I started having to define these things. What does it mean to be native? What does it mean to be a native man? What does it mean to be a wrestler, a cowboy? Uh, you know, because I needed to define these things because how can I ever truly grasp what it is I want to, to achieve? If I can't define it for myself, a lot of people wander around aimlessly, not knowing where they're going. And then one day wake up and are surprised they they went nowhere because they wander around in this big circle. 
you know, sometimes like I'm a, I'm a very big advocate for choose a direction. I don't care where it's going. If I choose north, I know for me there's, you know, Vancouver, there's Seattle, there's, you know, Tacoma, you keep going, there's Canada and Alaska. If I just choose north, I'm eventually going to pick up my head and be like, oh, shit, I'm in Seattle. Or I'm going to pick up my head and be like, oh, cool, I'm in Rainier. Um, these different things and you're going to see these things and you get there and you change the direction and you pick direction, but eventually you're going to start to uh, reach places um, and be able to kind of pick up on some of that geography. And so when it starts to like translate and how I translate that is with this golf, a lot of times people go through the motions without any definition of what their game is, how it translates, what they're trying to, you know, do out there besides just this feels good. And because this feels good, I just want to do that. And that's great. And that's a lot of people spend 10, 15 years playing because it just feels good without ever knowing truly why. And so for me, I just like, listen, like I was curious about your guys' definition and this is maybe some of the why. So I'll, I'll pause so you guys can talk, but this is some of my thought process. <laughs> I mean, you kind of lost me a little bit when you started like venturing north. <laughs> He's just talking about Canada. I thought like, all right, like whatever. He's going to Vancouver. <laughs> but like, is, are I you mean, going with your disc or? No? I talk. Just... I, I talk metaphorically. I talk through analogies and similes and whatnot. So it's not a literal direction north. It's if we translate to the course, it's I want to be competitive. So that north is going to be a competitive drive. What does it mean to be competitive for me? Well, being competitive means that every weekend that I can and I'm able to, I'm going to compete. Well, when you compete, how does this square up? Okay, cool. I'm not worried about how it squares up against the best right now because I know I'm not the best. I'm curious at how it squares up around where I deem myself at. So I started my journey MA2, moved to MA1. And so that competition and my ability to compete around those around me is to square up against that. Even now, I'm not trying to square up around, you know, the best in our state, which is Scott Withers, Justin Anderson, Chris Nelson, blah, blah, blah. Our whole list goes on. What I'm trying to do is what is my cohort and who am I competing with now? Because the cohort has been developed and that cohort's been developed through this, this run and gauntlet. Okay. My cohort is Sam Benson. Dallas Garber, Colin Hayden, Michael P, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I can start to list my cohort. Okay, cool. When I go to a tournament, this is who I'm competing with to see how my growth is measuring. Okay, cool. You know, so anyways, this is what I mean by picking a direction and going north. Um, this is the things that for me, I start to compete against and I'm starting to measure against. Um, and also if the concept is too deep for you guys, we can go back to, like I said, Cool, cool, pretty discs. Blue, blue discs, guys. Let's talk. This golf is cool. Um, so uh, we could we could go back to there. We could we could take a step back if you want. No, I get what you're saying, but I feel like everyone's north is different. Like your that's, north that's... is your north is like you're trying to grind and tournament grind and get yourself as a a skill level that is is higher than i would ever put that much energy into personally no that's fine and and everyone's everyone's north is absolutely different but my point that i was originally making 
was sometimes people don't choose a direction and because they don't choose this direction, they wander around aimlessly and wake up and being like, oh, hey, I have 400 discs behind me. I have a very, you know, low skill cap. I have, you know, like, what did I do? Because all I did was chase this feeling of good. And I don't know what I, what became of it. Right. Um, I don't, and I don't know. And there's nothing wrong with that because everybody, I think, is a little bit differently. But that's was my intention, which is pulling like Cody pulling you, what is your definition of your game and how does that start to translate? And we could go deeper into what is your North, right? So maybe that's the, that's the next question. Cody, what's your North? Pennsylvania. Is that North of you? That's yeah. where I was born. Pennsylvania. Where are you? Carlisle. Carlisle. I'm Carl like Lizzle. only 35 minutes from Carlisle. No. Isn't maybe that a... wonderful? <laughs> Return to your homeland page. <laughs> My homeland is Warren Springs, Oregon. Oregon. Um, I mean, I, I understand the people that just play casually for 15 years that don't strive to get better. I know dudes that have played with the same disc, same bag, same couple courses for they just play once a week, get some buddies together, sometimes bring some beer with them, and they just go out and throw. And sometimes they play well and sometimes they don't and usually at the end of the round they're just as happy whether they shot a hot round or didn't they're there for social reasons they're social reasons they're there for uh exercise reasons so i think like you said everyone will have their their different end result or what they want from the sport but you could say that about anything um you know, all three of us are going to have different wants and needs. You know, I like to be competitive, but I also realize I'm 36. I have a full-time job. I have three kids, a wife at home. I, I can't spend every day or even most days trying to get better. Every, I mean, I try and do as much field work as I can with the limited time I have. I try and, you know, I'll take my kids to go play with me. I'm playing tomorrow with a buddy who's coming in from Texas. So I try and play as much as i can and i want to get better every time but i also realize that my expectation is maybe i'll win ma40 sometime in four years but you know i, I don't plan on ever using this as a money-making career or as a viable source of income i love it i love playing it i love the exercise from it i love the competitive uh, uh side of it i love the friendship and the social side of it but I also realized that, you know, I, I'm never going to be on GMS Pro unless it's like Joe's versus Pros. No, and I mean, and I guess, yeah, and that's, I appreciate you for, for sharing some of that. And like I said, like, it's not to go, like, I don't think there's a good, right, wrong, or bad of disc golf. Like, mm -hmm. I think everyone gravitates towards it for their own specific reasons. And I guess the life in which I'm breathing into it is just that my own like reasons and and life that I breathe into it. But I think it's important to talk about some of these things because I don't think it's talked about widely enough. Right. Like you hear, uh, I don't know, Simon Lazat go on a podcast and he's not talking about the, the, the in-depth reasons and the why's and the how's and the, you know, his, his overall direction and why he's talking about the things that people want to talk about um, or want to hear from him, which is like, Oh, cool. You just signed from MVP. What is it like to do this? And he's talking about that and his love for this and love for that. And 
those are important conversations, but I think when you start to tackle some of this this real side of the game, a lot of times this conversation is lost. So my intent is just to bring it into the forefront and listen to Josh's north. My north. What Canada. Is Josh? What is well not Canada Portland's is north. Like... I'm his north. God damn it. I'm his north. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean <laughs> technically Canada is still north of him. It's true. We live on a but... globe. Technically everything theoretically could be north. Depending oh, on Cody's on a flat earther, guys. <laughs> mm. I'm not Kyrie Irving, baby. I'm not flat earth in this. He believes in the, the conspiracy of a round earth. <laughs> what does it say your name is, Cody? P is a joke. I'm fine with that. <laughs> you come to my PE gym, I'll mess you up, boy. We're playing dodgeball, or as I call it with my young friends, clean up your backyard. <laughs> and I guess this is the question for chat, too. If you guys are tuning in and this is just too much, like, I don't know. They don't like our deep dives, man. They, they don't like our deep dive in here, and that's fine. They just want me to hold up disc and just This is all what's on the forefront of my mind lately. I got you. I got you. Where's my north? Where's my north? I got this. Um, you know what? I honestly, I feel like I feel like I've um, I've gotten to the north that I envisioned, and now I'm building I'm building my settlement on my at my north northern spot. You're hunkering and down for the winter. I'm hunkering down because I really for the Josh winters. I, I like where I'm at. You know, I have you know having having grow it to work with, um, and spread disc golf to a lot of people. Like I just recently dropped off uh, 55 discs to the parole and probation's office um, in Eugene. Um, then a gentleman who wants to start getting um, some of the people that go there into disc golf to kind of help them, um, you know, have something else to focus on. Which, and I, you know, I donated 55 discs with an open-ended. Let me know when you need more. It's things like that. That it's like that's my north. It's like spreading this golf just a little bit more could help even if it just helps one person out of all that that's a lot to me um it has and one then this helped you yeah it's true more cliche guys keep track we'll do and then you know having a having a company like you know thought space supporting me um and supporting what i i'm trying to do is super awesome um the oh, whole man. having like the team behind it like there's a lot of support um for what I'm doing and what they're doing. And um, I really like where I'm at right now with my disc golf life. Um, so I feel like, uh, could I go more North? I could, but I might sacrifice things from my family to get that North. And right now it's a really good balance. And I'm really happy where that, that spot is right now. Yeah, no, that's great. And that's, I mean, that in itself is definition, right? That is defining that is, like content that is happy that is like what you're wanting to do and i think that's great because i think grow it has been taken off since i've been watching it it's no longer just like one little thing on a facebook mm -hmm. group half the time the facebook groups don't even see what you're doing i and know I that's the mark of a true like true successful individuals because it's not being widely viewed but it's still happening and it's still being impactful and still being valued and i think that's important because it's not like you're not doing it for 300,000 followers. Hey guys, like, share. If we get to 100,000, you know, people that viewed this video, I'm going to give these 55 discs away. It's like it's not it's not that. It's it's organic, it's real and you know, 
I wish you would have let me know because, yeah, I had some contacts down at Oregon Youth Authority as well and getting them, like, trying to get a basket placed in some of those, like, uh, facilities would be sweet. And having the juvenile uh, – or the, the the parole side on your team is huge with some of that. But Yeah, and somebody know. actually just, like, mentioned that to me. They, they gave me that name, I believe, to look into. So I was I told them I was going to reach out to them. So Oregon um, Youth Authority is uh, – it's a state entity, 10 facilities – well, eight facilities. They closed two facilities down. Eight facilities across the state. They deal with our adjudicated youth as well um, as, you know, DOC placement. So they kind of work from 12 on up to 25 is how they define youth. So people that are placed there for a year or anything, but getting like a basket or two placed into where it's just like probably one basket, putter only. That way it's blunt. It's not sharp. You're not, you know, running the risk of them throwing a distance driver at somebody's head 70 miles per hour. Um, Yeah. But I don't think they're throwing them. 70, but... I mean, I'm just saying, if they start training, right? Like, hey, I got 20 years to learn how to throw a disc 70 miles per hour so I could F somebody up. I wouldn't put it past them. Well, I mean, like, <laughs> there's also, like, the like the Muse, the Muse putter. That's, I gave up. I had, like, 18 brand-new Muse putters, the second-gen, the soft ones, um, in my store that I... Those are 18 or... 18 of the 55 are those discs. Like, all you know, brand-new putters be good for people. Because I mean, learning with a putter, that's a great way to start disc golf. I wish I'd start all my kids on putters. Yeah. Yeah. And I am so like, is it, it's strange, but like, I just got excited because Dynamic Disc is having a sale on their little satchel packs and they're $9 each. Like, I might buy six for my school and do like a little library of discs where kids can like sign them out for the weekend and take them and play. Because I have the disc to do it. And, and like, and I'm, I'm sure like job. nine bags, like between the three of us, even we could fill out nine bags. Like I have, yeah. this is my not touch section right here. This is uh, so infinite and discs, discraft. Yeah. <laughs> and that just kind of excites me. Like I'm, I was like looking at it today. I was like, oh man, I could get, you know, this many bags. And then I'm like envisioning in my head, like what kind of sign out system I'm going to use at my school. Kids can keep it for a weekend. I might even have to ink some disc, silver ink, of course, because we're not animals, but you know. I'm just thinking of ways that I could continue to expand and, like Josh said, grow the game in my sphere of influence. You know, I have a certain platform. I'm a PE teacher that I can use to expand the game in my area. So I think that's pretty cool. And plus, I I know that you play probably still had so many of them. Um, They got them from uh, Upper Park Discs, but there's these bags. Uh, they're like the like the sling bags. Oh yeah, yeah. They have little straps. I believe that Zoe and Dustin still have. I would imagine because they had so many. Um, still have some. Um, so, so I like, should get hooked up with them, is what you're saying? Yeah, to get stuff uh, for, like for to, for your kids at school. These bags will work really well for that. Yeah. See, this and, this is the one I'm looking at. The little nine dollar one. It's hmm. like a just shoulder bag. But I I would honestly yeah. take anything that is you know, that I can just stick eight disc in or six disc in. The kids can take two or three for their, if they want to play with a friend for the weekend or something like that. Just something that will motivate them and get them outside and also something that they can enjoy. So that's kind of like where I'm at in this. And it's cool though, because anytime I like get a disc from somebody and they know I'm doing it, they're like, Hey, use this in your school. So they send me an extra one for free and I just take it and drop it off at school. And I had a little girl that had a birthday party at my school she wanted me to leave the disc golf basket and all the disc out at school. 
so she had a, an awesome birthday party. Her parents bought her a uh, a trooper bag and like fifteen discs. Yeah, that kind of helps like make your your business sustainable, right? Because they're buying fifteen discs from you. No, <laughs> they don't your buy extra bag. from I'm me. <laughs> like I got you. I got what you need. I'm pushing. I'm pushing in schools. You know, like hey, kids. you got things you don't even need or know. I give them need. one disc, so they're coming back for three. You know me. <laughs> but yeah, no, this is great, and this is kind of like where. I think a lot of like the conversation for me gets to right like is this whole idea of like defining the things that you're doing breathing life into it and then actual like realization and realizing what that is you know and then you know ultimately the question kind of becomes like do you guys have the ability to you know do what it takes um, and a lot of times like that translates to like more competitive people of like oh do you have the time to field work? Do you have the time to putt practice? Do you have the time for tournaments? Do you have the sacrifice? Blah, blah, blah. And that's an easy way of, like, not easy way of looking at it because that's a very real way of looking at it. Um, but the real side of what, like, Josh, for example, is like, do you have the ability to stop, humble yourself, and realize that this is what you want? And I'm going to build my shelter here, so to say, and flush this out as much as I can and watch it grow, like, further than i can imagine right because you had your nomadic kind of way of living and then you had your very rooted style of living and getting away from and taking roots to see what this kind of like can manifest and same thing with you like cody like i know you're kind of this perfect hybrid of uh community-based growth as well as committed competitiveness whereas um obviously myself i'm very much of a hybrid in that aspect as well because my goals transcend just what i'm doing on the course and sometimes that's where my difficulty lies um because yeah anyways i don't i don't need to talk about myself but like starting to kind of realize some of that and and then do what it takes right the the ability to be a teacher and take a vested interest in these lives because there's teachers that would be like no everything's locked up you can't do this you know and i'm i'd hate to say it for like somebody's birthday or whatever but they are there have been people that i've seen that have been willing to say no because it's extra work on this individual to do these things it's extra it's extra money out of your pocket to buy nine bags for nine dollars which is what 81 dollars plus shipping so you're about 100 120 dollars into it um just so that these kids can rent it out which they're probably going to lose discs they're probably going to steal discs. they're probably but it's like it's not about that what it's about is giving them continued access and taking some of that hit see that's an ability to say like do you have what it takes to kind of stop put those brakes on and do what needs to be done um and like i said like i i continue to use some of my friends for that 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 idea because when it talks about like getting better in this game yes field work helps yes reps help all of these things have been proven but do you have the ability to like look at yourself unbiasedly and identify your game identify your flaws your weaknesses your strengths do you have the ability to lean on those strengths? Um, do you have the ability to stop and rest and let your body heal up? Do you have these things? Like, and I don't think a lot of people do, um, not when the time comes to it, right? Like you look at a forehand dominant player, they step up and they watch three of the best backhand players in the state throw backhand, or three of the best players in the state, not backhand, but three of the best players in the state throw a backhand. Do you have that, that courage to 100% confidently throw a forehand even though it's a backhand and i'm willing to bet in that situation most people do not have that 
And it's something that you work hard to get over and get over that hump. And that's kind of where I guess I'm getting at this whole, this whole concept of, do you have what it takes to, to do what needs to be done? Um, you know, case in point for me, like Daniel Kitchens is a MPO player up here that I absolutely love his game, love his like uh, translation under the course, but he's somebody that I've had conversations with around his difficulties because he's forehand dominant, but not only is he forehand dominant, he throws, you know, thumbers, he throws flick rollers, he throws, you know, some of these funky shots. Jake Wolf is another one that comes to my mind that's touring this year, where it's like, okay, cool. Literally playing with some of the best people in the world, and you've overcame that to go, you know, overhand. You've overcame that to go forehand to here, even though the the tech the, the quote unquote correct play isn't it. And I know it was difficult for them. And we see some people that I'm close to that are continuing to battle some of that. You know, as I start to define my game, sometimes it's too vanilla. I think sometimes it's very like because I think I am not great at any one thing. Though I have, man, you're gonna fucking sigh. Go on, Cody. Come on. Let's, no, let's, no, 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 fuck a, you, Cody. Let's let's hear your fucking sigh. Go ahead. I had a gurgle in my throat. No, no, Whoa. Cody. Let's let's go. I have a cough Whoa. drop in. Whoa. I have a cough drop in. No, no. That was the fucking loudest ass sigh I've ever done. It, it probably didn't help. I leaned forward and it gurgled, it gurgled in my throat. Gurgle, gurgle. Come on, Josh. Put him up. Put him on center screen. Cody wants to talk. All right, Cody, what do you got? What do you got, bro? I got nothing. I have a bag of cough drops. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But no, and my my point is is just this, right? Like, we've all played, we've all talked about kind of some of those reasons why. Um, And sometimes, like I said, there's no good, right, wrong, right or wrong way of playing disc golf because it's, one of those games that are so unique to the individual that being able to kind of own those reasons proudly and then, you know, uh, give, give life to that and watch it, watch it unfold and what that has. Um, so that's kind of my main point before uh, Cody gave me the biggest sigh I've ever done heard. <laughs> that's it. That's all I got. That's all you got. All, all right. right. Man, I'm, we're spilling yeah. our hearts tonight, and I I make one gurgle, and that's in too much. Well, he's his Paige put his guard down, and, and I you showed him why he shouldn't. <laughs> right? Well, only Cody is like, man, our chat is silent tonight. What is it? I know what is going on. Well, it's Easter maybe, weekend. Maybe maybe I think people want to talk about it, and maybe people don't want to talk about it. Like I said, like oh. people like shiny things. That's the. People... People That's want the easy. More disc golf. What they want. <laughs> Dang. Dang. This, this isn't a part of disc golf. <laughs> well, to, to kind of like segue farther away from disc golf. Uh, so, <laughs> outside of disc golf um, and your little home lives, uh, like what else do you guys do? Like, what do you, is, there, is, there, is your life like just disc golf outside your family or do you have other things that entice you? Oh, mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah, yeah, let's go, Cody. Cody. Well, uh, so, I mean, what really got me into disc golf two years ago was when COVID happened. I was a competitive volleyball player, and I like to be active. I like something to do. I like something to stay busy with. That's Doing something physically active is enjoyable to me. And so 
um, all of disc, all of volleyball was shut down. So I found a couple of discs I had from playing years before, just super casual. And I would go when my kids were napping, I could go play this local course in under an hour, just throw. And then I was like, Oh man, I kind of like this. And then I just kept playing more and more joined a league, got to know you two ding dongs, uh, sighing at people. Like when they throw like, Oh, um, <laughs> but you know, like I have, I have three young kids. I have a nine-year-old, a six-year-old and a three-year-old. Um, my son's in baseball. My daughter's in dance. They've done soccer. Um, uh, my three-year-old is a three-year-old. He's a handful. And I love spending time with my wife. So I have to, like Josh was talking about that balance. Everything's balanced with his family and disc golf. And I, I just have to find that balance. You know, I want to play disc golf as much as I can, but I don't want to sacrifice, you know, time I get to spend with my wife or time I get to spend with my kids. You know, that's like, and, and lately with nice weather around here, after school, I can bring my disc with me, pick, uh, get the kids and be like, hey, do you guys want to go to a disc golf course? And they get to run around the woods with me. And they throw one disc or two, and my nine-year-old will throw the full course with me. But they're having fun. They're being active. They're not in front of a screen. So I can balance that, you know, home life and um, disc golf at the same time. I give my wife a little bit of time off because she's been all day with our three-year-old, and I know that's taxing. So I'm just trying to figure out ways that work. Do I get to play some weekends? Yeah. Do I get to play on Saturday tournaments? Not usually because that's a baseball game or a dance recital or something. But, you know, I'm, I'm happy with it. It's not like I'm like, oh, I wish I wish I could do this. But my kids are, you know, my kids are in the way. So it's just the season of life I'm in and I'm and I'm very happy with it. I think it's a good balance and uh, I enjoy it. Okay. More disc know. golf. I think outside of outside of here, oh, there's what I do for work. So I'm a youth program manager at a nonprofit. So a lot of what I do actually doesn't revolve around disc golf. I try to do everything but disc golf at work, which is funny because I'm doing a softball, baseball clinic this week. I've done you know basketball, volleyball clinics, um, and volleyball. Those. Yep, and uh, we've done like what is it, public health uh, messaging and stuff, and but actively try not to mix work and uh disc golf too much because then i'll go crazy because right now i feel like a lot of what i do outside of work and up here it's disc golf is totally like encompassed everything that i do and it's not just uh it's not just playing because like we have nine federally recognized tribes here in oregon and i have close contacts in all nine tribes and i'm working on so now I'm responsible for three of those like nine tribes getting disc golf courses and having the disc golf conversation and getting those kind of pushed forward. Um, so that's been taking some of that time. Uh, my goal is to do one suicide prevention camp this year. Now I'm doing two suicide prevention camps this year. Um, I also want to run a tournament. I'm also working on finding different ways to support those that I want to support. So, you know, Jammers in the Rough is one of those venues in which we do that. So we sponsored five or six people. And so I'm trying to figure out ways to make that sponsorship worth it while also trying to make myself as a sponsored player valuable to the people who have sponsored me. I've tried, you know, anyways, like maintaining relationships and contact on Facebook. Like it just slowly, I think grew to this, this pinnacle and this point where it's a lot to manage. Um, and do I make sacrifices? Absolutely. Um, and I try to justify those, those, those sacrifices like correctly, right? Like, 
I go and play the tournament and I'm away from my daughter and that used to hit heavy at home. And then I had to have that conversation with myself where I want my daughter to witness me being who I am as an athlete, as a competitor, as, you know, just an active individual. So I wanted her to bear witness to this. So when I'm out there doing these things, I don't feel guilty because eventually she'll be right there along with me. And I need her to know that that's okay for her to, to do and pursue. And so for me, that is by that, that that justification and so for me like disc golf has slowly just encompassed a lot and i i find myself like i've been a lot of things and i've defined myself as a lot of things um you know i've been a wrestler i've been a non-profit social worker i've been public health i've been uh, a cowboy i've been an indian i've been you know all of these things ranch hand and like right now i'm just disc golfer and the way i jump into things is i jump in fully and sometimes lose myself in that mess. So I think nights like this helps me kind of sort some of these things and compartmentalize them because like sometimes like it could just be overwhelming and daunting and because it's not just a competitive drive for me. It's not just competitive. Like I used to always say like, uh, I believe like I'm a being of like physicality and that of like competition. And that's how I, I manifest myself and it's become more and more than that. And I need to find different ways and healthier ways to just explore it because like it can't i don't think disc golf can be all encompassing right now um i mean it is and it can be but it's like man i need to have fun again um not that i don't have fun out there fun looks differently to me when i'm competing and because now all of a sudden like you know how i told you like i wanted to keep work and disc golf separate but now when my work like disc golf is becoming work it becomes a different different taste on the tongue right it's no longer sweet like a fruit it's more like bland and bitter like a vegetable and it's good for you and it's good for my soul and i need to eat this thing but sometimes like i have to like kind of force feed it down <laughs> um, i don't know how else to say it besides like that because like i do love disc golf and everything that it has to offer but it is this kind of like starting to become all-encompassing because it can be more i see this void and i have the connections to grow it like i said this year, my goal is to have one of the nine tribes like buying into it because of me. And now we have three, which is awesome. But it's like, that's three times the work Yeah, <laughs> to, to do that. That's three times the travel. That's three times the conversations. That's three times blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, oh, yeah, like not only that, but now I want to do all this other stuff. So for me, I've done a lot. But right now, there's not much outside of disc golf and family time. For sure, I understand that. Josh, yeah, like, what about uh, you? Yeah, I was saying, get in there, know, Josh. Um, you know, do a lot of stuff at home, hang out with family or brothers a lot. Um, you know, outside of disc golf and like things that are separate, um, I do like scratching a lot. I, I do enjoy it very, very much. Kind of. Can you expand on this? Because, like, people with cats right now are very in tune to this pot. Like, oh, he's well, let me make it. Let me make it, let me make it Facebook appropriate real quick. Hold on a second. Uh, I have no idea. Is this like scratching a legit thing? Oh, no, like a DJ. A... That's, yeah. Okay. Duh. Yeah, like this. Yeah. This Sorry, I forgot I grew up in the 90s. Hold on. Let me get some light. We got some, I'm going to get some light in here. There we go. Yeah. This guy. This guy. Do a lot of do that. You ever, do you ever put a disc on there, like a frisbee disc, and like scratch? You we talked about. I think point. if you could somehow get like a disc that was engraved, like on the top, like a record, that'd be fantastic. Well, uh, what is it? Discmania had that stamp 
or how no 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 i don't want the stamp i want like an actual like a 3d printed disc that you could play a song from and then go throw it into a tree i mean (laughs) just go throw it into a tree yeah that's that's possibly that's possible someone with a 3d i've seen 3d printed discs someone with a 3d printer print josh a disc with a song on it it could be the jammers in the rough intro like i don't even know sing it josh i don't even know this so you could scratch it and then so you can sling it scratch and sling i like it oh it's like scratch and sniff but not as good but yeah you know like playing on those um composing music that's really what i do outside of disc golf and family but see, look at this. Would would we have run into each other if it wasn't for disc golf? Because we have a wrestler, we have a, a scratcher, and we have a volleyball player. When when would those things align if it wasn't for disc golf? That pickleball. Ooh, you, you play pickleball? <laughs> I played pickleball. I know, before but it's pickleball cool. before it was cool. Okay, yeah. I taught a pickleball unit like twelve years ago at school. Yeah. That's where I, I mean. I even know the a... history. It's called pickleball because of the family dog's name was Pickle, and it uh, started probably, in a garage. Maybe MTV Spring Break. Um, you're you'd be there playing volleyball. Just without while, my sh- just mm, yeah. While mm. Paige is uh, wrestling to a, wrestle, a dolphin, he's trying to wrestle everyone. He came down there just to wrestle people. He's all oiled um, up. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Jumping from the top ropes. I'm thinking of different wrestling. But see, this is a this is a conversation because I think a lot of people talk about like the joy in which disc golf brings all of these random people together. I think the question though, is it a lasting thing or is it only because we share this concept of disc golf? You know, because I think about like some of my Magic the Gathering buddies, which were probably similar, like weird like background, like, oh hey, you're you know, FedEx delivery guy. I'm here. Oh, look, you're a lawyer. Like it brings up all these different like careers, but then after that career ended, there's only like maybe like one or two people that are still in my life from there. And it's like, okay, that transcends. But that so. that can be said about in like think about friends you had in uh, middle high school college areas where yeah, yeah I mean I, I can honestly say I only have like four or five buddies that have been like legit buddies my whole life. But you have seasons of friends that share common interests, whether it be um uh, a sport, whether it be uh, a job, a hobby, a job it could be at ch- a church. It could be at an event. It could be music there. I mean, you might have people that just kind of go in and out of your life. And then 10 years later, you might meet up with them again and be like, Hey, how's it been? And you restart that friendship. So it, which is, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I think you're, you're absolutely right. It could be said about anything, which is kind of to more devalue what that, that the cliche, the five, the number five cl- corny cliche of, Oh, look at how many people came together for disc golf because it could be said about anything. The grocery store. It's a tapestry. Use the word tapestry. Cliche number six. (laughs) But it's just like, I mean, not to debunk that too much because I know that's an important thing and people have made lifelong friends through disc golf. But um, I just think, I mean, at the end of the day, we have this commonality and... Oh, I thought you're going to be like, hey, at the end of the day, let's end this thing. Like, wow. At, at the end of the day, it, not, it doesn't really freaking matter, guys. And this is my last Jammers podcast, and he just signs off, and just me and oh, Josh. Yeah. Are... All right, Cody. They call Did it the, the, the Irish goodbye or whatever. That's my, that's my goal. All I right, have to read all that? Josh, that's it, too much. <laughs> I need you to read it. 
I have to, I, I think disc golf is an activity that is naturally inclusive and one of the few sports you can enjoy growth in your peers game, just as much as your own. We all come from different dot, 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 everything's, but with the common denominator of disc golf, you can have an instantaneous connection with people that may last a minute or a lifetime. I also have no forehand was a middle hitter in volleyball spin records and will mill you to death and magic just to be a dick. Hmm. <laughs> Who, who wrote this? Somebody that's not good at magic because they're playing mill. I, I don't even know what that means. Like a mill? Like are they grinding so the whole, things? So Magic the Gathering, you have your card deck, your 60 card deck, our commander is 100. Um, and once you run out of cards, you lose the game. Um, but really you're trying to beat them before that happens. So mill decks are trying to make you turn over your cards into the graveyard and mill you so that you run out of cards and you lose the game. Mill you. Bob yeah. Blunt. Bob but also, Blunt. I like the subtle Pierre Park that? shout out. They misspelled Pierre. Well, be yeah, like an actual Pierre for Pierre Park. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna draw that connection for you. I don't know if that's true, but sure. I saw that. I was like, <laughs> Pierre is like going well, yeah, out so the water. When he said like death and magic, just to, or like I'm gonna mill you to death to, just to be a dick. Like some people think that's one of the worst ways to play like the game. Some people also like there's a death and taxes where. They try to lock up everything and you can't play. Um, there's different ways and ultimately it's just the style of the game. You know, that does bring something up though. Like I know we're like really like two hours away from each other, Paige, but we're going to play Magic someday. It's going to oh, happen. I'll be down. I'll be could down. You, could you play on like Zoom or something? I feel like you could play. Uh, yeah, you can. It's not the same. It's, just, it's same. fine if you're trying to keep a like cohort like us together and play. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying it's but, better like, than nothing. Choose. Uh, this know. gives you a reason to meet up, right? Correct. Yeah, two hours yeah. is not that far. Which is not like. It, it's but it's like our two hours though is the most boring two hour drive. Yeah, it's just fucking dead straight. Dude, nothing. I went across the country on a train. It took fifty eight hours. It was. I saw a lot of farm fields. A lot, just like. You'd be sitting in the train for hours. I mean, looking back, I kind of want to do it again because I didn't have to drive. Like, now I have to drive. I drove to Texas in, like, 24 hours. And with three small children in the back of the car, I would I would gladly sit and just stare into a field for hours. But uh, two hours, that's, that's chump change, man. Two hours is nothing. Two hours is nothing. And I do two hours like it's nothing. But And yet you won't go see your friend. Oh, I'm the one that Wait, always drives down. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Is it more often than not, it's like I would probably say nine out of ten times it's paid driving. But see, I think this is where it. like I think I would have more freedom in the past. This is where we talk about right. Like sometimes like it gets out of control. I had more freedom in the past to do that drive to go see Josh, but right now because I'm training for tournament after tournament, I have my routine down to maximize my success at tournaments. And so sometimes a detour to like let me go see Josh, um, two hours that south you to play, play disc golf with. No, but play a course that isn't relevant to the course I'm playing this weekend. So that's how I've broken down my game, right? Like Dexter, which is one of his courses that we play, or Adair, um, it's another one. Those courses translate to certain courses, but they don't translate to everything. So I'm training currently for Delphi, which is a golf course. So I'm not going to go play a wooded course to get ready for yeah. a golf course. And so that's how I've. Because you my... can't gain anything from that, like a nice flick up shot. Oh, or I can gain putting. something, but that's not what I'm looking for. 
what Maybe I'm looking, looking for is how to make my successful. Places. This is how we define ourselves, right? This is how Maybe we you're define what it in means. The wrong places. <laughs> no, but you will find to be what you need where you least look. My, <laughs> number seven. My game plan has been proven Ooh, to be successful, so I stick with it. <laughs> Smart man, find what he seeks where he not looks. <laughs> Eight. So we have a. We have a tracker, guys. So whoever messages Cody first with our count by the end of this episode or Monday, if nobody does it Monday. So if you listen to this on Spotify, um, just message Cody to our account and we'll give you this disc I keep flexing. What is that? Our it's a Metal Flake FD3. Simon oh, Lizotte. is that the yeah. Simon Lazat, uh, the crowd stamp? Yep. So, so you got to wait one, till the end. Yep. Account I'm gonna sneak one in. I'm gonna sneak one at the end, but I'm not gonna count it. I'm just gonna be like, oh. <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know, guys. I think uh I don't know, figuring figuring some of that out, figuring that they weren't ready for the deep dive tonight. I don't think I don't think so. I was I needed it. I need to talk about this. I still I think I think I've... tonight was just Paige didn't want to pay for a therapist and he's like Josh and Cody will listen to me. <laughs> Suckers. No way. The podcast the people who listen to the podcast every week are love it. The, the casters, people. the pod people, are the pod it. people. Do we have pod people now? We have. We have, a, we have quite a few pod people, uh, which is. Really I mean, cool we have a guy that plays volleyball, magic, and s- scratches them frisbees. Yeah, I've coached quite a bit too. I've You've coached. Lot. Yeah, I've coached volleyball. I've coached basketball. I've coached wrestling. What do you I know have... about volleyball? I need to know what you know about no, volleyball. About what I've I know. I, I, he's I, a setter. <laughs> he's a setter. I can tell. I don't think he's got the hands. <laughs> that is not how you set and that's what worries me if this is how you coach volleyball no, it's because not. that's definitely like all right kids you're gonna set like this like mm, you're gonna, all right. gonna step through you, Just... i mean you do step through but spirit fit. ah jazz hands but, and this uh... is how we are ending our podcast <laughs> hmm. which is good we can transition to some of our closing thoughts guys so i feel like all Josh... night was closing thoughts all night we just gave closing thoughts we're having a conversation what? all night we're talking with intent you know sometimes we're gonna bring in a guest next week and we're gonna have a guest conversation but sometimes they need to hear what the fuck page has to say next week we're gonna find out we're gonna find out what scares our death our guest hey tell us your deepest darkest fears we have an hour to talk let's do it i hate my mom there he is oh is that gannon burr whoa (laughs) wow um jeez see look at that we got love we got love go ahead and read that one why but who is it? i need why why can facebook, facebook user. user no that's who it is facebook user. maybe facebook just wants us to our have biggest a fan audience. facebook user wrote it's I not jerry jerry normally writes jerry and it's given me a different perspective to think about since i'm very new to disc golf because yeah i think that's my goal is <laughs> we're all going to be hitting a wall you hit a wall from 850 to 875 to 890 to 900 to, and it just keeps going. <laughs> um, those walls continue to exist. And for me, it's the your job to break it. them down. It is Can 100%. You, hey, break down the walls. Right. Cliche number nine. Let's break Cliche down number walls. nine. And that's where, like, we get to, right? Like, <laughs> eventually, you'll come to a point to where you, either you decide that it's worth it and push through, or you decide that it isn't and stop. And that's where I think disc golf is doesn't hemorrhage a lot of players, but it hemorrhages a lot of people when it comes to like developing to that next level. Because like we said earlier, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of try. It takes a lot of effort and intent. And that's not a lo- what people are willing to pour in. 
hey, you're only going to get out of it what you put in it. But even then, you won't. You can put it in your life and still not get it. I think there's a there's a raw potential raw potential to be had in disc golf. What is your and that can be a conversation. Ask yourself realistically, what is your ceiling? What is your floor? Are you comfortable pursuing this, knowing that your realistic ceiling might be 950? Your realistic ceiling might be 970. You might never even know what a thousand rated round like tastes like. Are you okay with your bottom floor being 880, 890, or whatever? Like, what is this range? And are you okay sacrificing be, all of this? Yeah, that can be almost anything, though, because as someone who works here's with, fucking like, Cody, everything I fucking think that could be anything, guys. <laughs> no, no, that no, can no, totally I'm, like be trans- like, yeah, that's hey, that's okay. That was, if it translates 11. to that's other aspects 11. of life, that is good because you take the same fucking lesson and translate it to your life. That's why analogies work. Why is he taking this so personal? I wasn't saying it's a bad thing. I'm because saying it's all night, Cody. It's like, no, I'm oh, saying yeah, that's but... something. I'm trying to connect disc golf with life, Paige. That's I'm, I'm number fine. 11. But I'm saying, like, as someone who sees kids all day, there are some kids who are athletically <clears throat> gifted. And that's, I'm just saying for my scope, where they can pick something up and, and do it in a span that is very short, where I have some kids who are hard workers who are not gifted that will eventually pick it up, but it's not as easy and um it's much harder for them to master it i'm not saying it's not as um enjoyable or it doesn't feel as good when they do that but like you said i was relating it to what you were saying about what's your realistic ceiling look at professional athletes mike trout if you're into baseball he is just athletically a five-tool player who is outstandingly gifted when you have other guys who have grinded in minor leagues for 10 years who put the work in but they just don't have those natural abilities as good as other people. Mm-hmm. Sorry for trying to tie it together. It wasn't good enough for Paige. Wow. Well, that's where, like, I mean, cliche number 12, right? The hard work beats talent yeah. every day. And it's just like, well, what happens when talent works hard? You know, well, like that's, I a, mean, that's a concept that I think a lot of people don't necessarily grasp. And so I think for me I mean, too, like setting like a realistic timeline to this thing, right? Like, you said what three years into the sport, Cody? Like, yeah, like two. But I mean, but, even now, just the last two. Yeah, no, we, I've known you for longer than two, so get out of here with that two, two and a half, three. I mean, when like, I started, no, but still like, like three, like 2020, 2021. That's what but I'm anyways, saying. Yeah, if I started so, in, yeah, so three years and your volleyball career, where were you at year three? I don't know. Uh, because I picked it up just playing casually. And again, I didn't get into it, but then I started playing, I was playing two to three times a week, which with volleyball is harder because I had to get at least a group of 12 people to play. But see, this is where you can tell Cody wasn't good because he's trying to justify why he was bad. And I don't mean <laughs> to say this like negatively. What I'm, what I'm trying to shine light on is a realistic timeline in disc golf. If in year three, you're not where you want to be, that's fine because a lot of people 10, 15, 20 years into the game, and they're still not quite where they want to be. You just happen to be on year three. For me, are it's you like saying year... Eagle was as good in year three as he was in year five? No, I'm saying Eagle wasn't, and that's my point. Is yeah, that I don't think he, anyone's gonna peak. I don't think anyone peaks in three years. At but a sport. lot of people get frustrated because oh, yeah. year four, year five, they're wanting to peak. They're wanting to be impatient because I think in this game you get good really quickly, but to get great, to get better, to improve, starts to get slow once you start to meander. 
And so that point was like a realistic timeline for yourself where it's like year five in wrestling. I remember where I was at year five of rodeo. I remember where I was at. And yes, there's other factors because I was younger, but even now there's still other factors, right? I don't rebound as fast as I was at 13 years old. I can't do daily doubles for two weeks, recover and just keep going. Now I'm in shape. But now, now you're like, probably making those small, small changes that might make that might seem small, but they're substantial. Like even just this subs- week, I'm working on getting my offhand through my body, and I'm still I'm already noticing a difference because when I was playing in the sport for only a year, I was just picking up frisbees and throwing them as far as I could. When I didn't realize, like, hey, I shouldn't be throwing an eleven speed if I just pick this up. Exactly. And how many uh, how much time did you waste throwing an eleven speed? Yeah, realizing. That's the thing. And so that's where, like, yeah, you start to make this minor. And that's kind of my point is I know we're running over time, so I don't want to, like, belittle or talk too much about it. But it's like setting realistic timelines and being honest with yourself about where you're at in that growth. Year four, I'm 950 rated right now. Cool. Be patient and see where I can get to in another three to four years, I think, is an important, to, important lesson of that. Um, we have one last comment. Let's breathe life into this last comment. Um just so we can our, our closing thoughts could be this right does everyone dipping their hook into the water need to be on the bass pro tour to get enjoyment out of it disc golf is a struggle you can enjoy there are mp40 players digging beers that will outdrive more athletic players with less skill and that's oh, i believe that that's kind of our honest that conversation of tonight is that there is no right or wrong way of playing the game the fact that you're out here playing it i think is important um our goal is to give you different insight, different looks. And that was my intention with this conversation. Josh, thank you for that amazing closing thought. We'll transition to Cody for his amazing closing thought. You just said that was our closing thought. You just said this. That is our podcast closing thought. All right. That's a podcast closing thought, guys. So we'll transition to our sponsors. Um, Cody, hit us with one last cliche. Uh, let's see. We're on 12. Um, you, you are going to play like you practice. 13 josh one last cliche um yeah so not one of our sponsors but we were doing a giveaway for that's not a cliche what josh (laughs) just just wait for it just wait for it uh we were doing a giveaway uh for anyone who promoted this company who we just wanted to promote them just because it's such a cool little innovation um the mojo riser which I believe pre-orders go for another like two days and 19 hours. But I went and checked it a little bit ago. Um, but so we ran a contest for people to post kind of boosting this new company up. Um, winner was chosen. And the person the who won is Jason Gulliam. G-U-I-L-L-I-A-M. Gulliam. Jason Gulliam. He did a post and he got picked. So he gets a $150 riser when it comes out and i'll be in touch with him to talk more about that and if you didn't win it's okay uh but jason did doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile winning is winning all right is so that that's 14? 14 and so with that Age guys dr- end us with we'll 15. transition we'll transition to finalizing things so we do are doing a giveaway guys if you can please like subscribe follow whatever you want to do Hit me up with the number of cliches. That way, the first person to do it, me or Cody, the first person to message them out is going to win a free FD3 that I've been flexing for two weeks. But with that, Rome wasn't built in a day, but they worked on it. 
every single day. So we want to transition to somebody that's willing to do what it takes, Rare mm-hmm. Air Discs. They have an amazing code for all you listeners. So for 10% off, use code JAMMERS, J-A-M-M-E-R-S, for 10% off at Rare Air Discs. With that, guys, thank you for tuning in. Sorry if I got a little too deep with you. Plastic is shiny. Discs go round and fly. Woohoo! Sometimes you gotta go deep. You can't just be surface level. Jamming it in the rough. We'll see you next week.